This audio presentation is brought to you by the Baptist Missionary Association Theological Seminary. The BMA Seminary provides accredited theological education for equipping God's people for Christ-centered service and leadership roles with three online degrees available now. We are committed to the inerrancy and authority of Holy Scripture and to making disciples of Jesus Christ. For more information about the BMA Seminary and its online degree programs, go to bmats.edu or call toll-free 800-259-5673. That's 800-259-5673. So if you've closed your Bible, you can open it again uh, to Psalm 90. A while back at uh, my daughter's home in in Katy, I somehow came out in the conversation that I would be teaching up here on Thursday mornings. So one of my granddaughters, Lily, uh, she's the one that if she were to be here, she would be visiting with all of y'all. She said, uh, teaching? And I said, yeah. And she said, but you're just teaching in the mornings? And I said, yeah, yeah. She said, well, my teachers teach from Monday to Friday. And I said, well, I'm an adjunct, adjunct professor. Oh, you're a junk professor. <laughs> and so <clears throat> I didn't try to explain to her the difference. <laughs> Hopefully this sermon won't be a junk sermon. Uh, and uh, for homiletics class, think about when you go to the junkyard, you walk away with a bunch of disconnected, unrelated pieces. They may be good pieces, but, you know, you may have a carburetor from a Chevrolet and uh, uh, something else from another, or you may have a part for a washing machine. So hopefully in that sense, it won't be a junk sermon either. It will not be disconnected things. So let's look at some lessons from the cemetery. Lessons from the cemetery. Uh, <clears throat> went to a graveyard, Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, outside of Kansas City, on the edge of the Missouri River. And that graveyard has some, um, there's some famous things there. Number one, I'm sure before the graveyard was there, that they have a, a marker. That was where Lewis and Clark started their expedition. And there's a historical marker in the graveyard uh, on the edge of the river. In front of the graveyard, actually the reason I went uh, that particular time to that graveyard in front of the graveyard is a museum of the Osage Indian Nation. Very interesting, very interesting. If you're up in that neck of the woods, it's not in Kansas City. You have to look for it, but it's, it's out there. But <clears throat> the thing that caught my attention in the graveyard were the tombstones. Uh, the, the most recent tombstone in that graveyard was like 1920 or something like that. All the tombstones, like most tombstones, says born such a day, died such a day. But all of these tombstones had another portion uh, to it. And, and you can still find some of these today in East Texas. It says, aged, with a D at the end, aged 75 years, 10 months, and 5 days. I mean, you don't see that very much today. When I read that, Psalm ninety twelve came to my mind. And I thought, reckon that's where they're basing it on? 
where it says count your days. Now, after I thought about that for a minute, I thought, well, if that's where they got it from, they really didn't understand the purpose of the of the, the psalm. Because once you're in the ground, counting your days doesn't do you any good. The psalm is all about for us that are living to count our days before that day of burial comes. Uh, so it's better to do that in life and not, not after you're dead and somebody does it for you. Uh, about, let's, we're in February, so this was about three months ago. I sort of had that opportunity. Uh, I picked out Chris's tombstone. It was a double. Uh, so on whichever side, I didn't know that there's a side, but apparently there's a typical side or traditional side that you put the wife on and the husband goes on the other side. And I can't remember if it's left or right, but that's neither here nor there. That was easy. Born November 14th, 1952. Died October the 10th, 2016. But then over here, it's got Ricky Williams. Born June 27th, 1953. I'm not going to be here in June, so don't worry about giving me a present or gifts or anything or cake. I'll be in Mexico eating gringas and sacawil and all that good stuff. But then the death part is vacant. That was a sobering thought. One day, somebody's going to stencil in, chisel in my death. Count your days. Count your days. Uh, at that time, it crossed my mind, uh, leaving the mission field and all, all of those things. Maybe ask the question, what have I done in my lifetime so far that's worth anything? And I think if we can walk away from Psalm 90, that's probably the question that it's driving at. What have you done? For the Lord in your life. Uh, verse 12 could be summarized like this. Uh, See how short life is, therefore become wise about living it. If we consider verse 12, now Dr. Parsons, you can tell me if this is right or not afterwards, and I'm sure you will. <clears throat> I kind of think that's the dividing line. That's the center of the, the psalm. And it's almost like verse 12 is right here. And the psalm easily divides into this half and this half. And that's how we're going to treat it. Uh, but <clears throat> if we consider verse 12 as the center, then uh, it, those two halves divide deeply. And like an open book in the first part, I think we can sum it up and almost sum it up uh, in two questions. How short is life and why? How short is life and why? And I will come back. Uh, to the very first verse, which kind of doesn't necessarily fit in. Uh, how short is life? Well, Moses, uh, the author, and by the way, this is probably the oldest, if Moses is in fact the author, as it says in the uh, subscription, the author, then it's the oldest psalm in the Psalter. Moses uh, tells us that life is really brief, especially when you compare it to verse 1, that God's eternal. Life is just like that. As James would say, just like uh, fog or uh, steam disappearing 
a vapor. Moses saw this daily in his 40-year wandering, now think about this, wandering in a cemetery. Two million people dying in 40 years. Uh, <clears throat> do the math. Don't do it right now. In a little bit, you're going to be able to do some stuff, but not right now. If I correctly divided and kept my decimals and all that right, or if my phone did it right, then uh, it comes out to be six or seven people dying an hour on the average. Uh, that'd be a lot of funeral business, wouldn't it? Uh, that's, I mean, so he was very familiar with death. And 40 years, you're wandering around, and people are just dying day and night, nonstop, nonstop. So, no wonder he says in verse uh, 2, no wonder he says that when God says return, that's the call. He said, it's your time's up. Return to dust. You're dead. It doesn't matter what their plans are. It doesn't matter what we're going to do. When God says it's over, it's over. Since I've been back in the States, I've become a men, men, member of Planet Fitness. Now, I know it doesn't show. But, uh, well, it, something shows, but it doesn't show that I'm a member. But I've gotten to where every morning that uh, I'm where there is one, I'll go on the treadmill. Uh, and <clears throat> if you've ever been on treadmill, you get on the treadmill, and unless you just start off, you have to punch in a program. And it asks you what your weight is. That's always sobering. And then it asks you uh, how many minutes you want to go for. And I'll put 25. And it'll ask you if you want to incline, and I'll put five. And then it'll ask you <clears throat> how many minutes incline. Oh, and the speed. And depending on how I feel, either put 3.5 or maybe 4, 4.2 miles an hour. And then you hit start. And so you're going along. At a pretty good walking pace. Now, all these youngsters on my left and right, they're over there jogging, you know. But I'm not that coordinated, so I keep it safe and I walk. But if anything happens, like one day, I drop my glasses, they got sweaty, and boom. And uh, when they hit the treadmill, you know what happens? Zoom! At the back. Fortunately, every treadmill has a stop button. You hit that stop button, it kills everything. This verse of scripture, that's the stop button. When God says return, it's like he... doesn't matter what plans you got. It doesn't matter if you're only a half a mile into your course. It stops. It stops. Return. And when he says return, nobody says, hey, time out, wait a minute. No. It's return. That's how short life is. Now, <clears throat> he also says in verse 3, uh, does a little... You've got to be a mathematician, and I'm not much of one here. But uh, he says, how brief is our life? Well, he says, if we were to live for a thousand years, and uh, nobody here is getting close, uh, he says it'd be like one day for me. Or maybe even a brief segment of a night. And we're gone. We're gone. In fact, with this calculation, Methuselah, in God's estimation, would just be a passerby, even though he lived for 969 years, a whopping 969 years. Uh, our life, he says, is like a riverbed swept clean with a flood, or, or like 
the sleep. Uh, he also compares it to the grass of the field. And Spurgeon, in his treasury of uh, David or Psalms, painted the word picture like this. He said, grass is sown, grown, blown, moan, and gone. And the history of man is not much more. So how brief is life? It's like that. It's gone. It's gone. But why is man's life so brief? Well, verses 7 through 11, I think, tell us a little bit about that. It's the three-letter word, and it's not sex. The three-letter word is sin, S-I-N. That's the reason. How uncomfortable does your sin make you? Notice what he says here in in, uh, verse 7 and 8. For we are brought to an end by your anger. By your wrath we are dismayed. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. He's mad because we're bad, uh, essentially. Uh, but how, what do we think about it? Well, most of the time, we're pretty good old boys. That's, that's our opinion of ourselves. We think, well, I'm not as bad. And especially when we start comparing ourselves to somebody else. Well, I, yeah. I mess up, but nothing like, and then fill in the blank, (laughs) nothing like him or her. Uh, But in verse, uh, what was it, verse uh, 8, he says that uh, his spotlight is on our life, and it shows every little sin. You set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence, uh, one of the things that my wife enjoyed about going to hotels were the vanities. Uh, this was back when she just had a gray hair here or there. And the ladies will understand this. Because she could get bes- be- before one of these bathrooms that had real good mirror that would almost magnify and real good lighting and she could see every gray hair and pull it out. Well, that's the kind of idea here. Uh, you get before a good mirror and good lighting. We see every, for us guys, we see every wrinkle, uh, perhaps gray hair starting. Oh, that's how our lives and our sins are before God. It's all evident. I mean, it just shines. You know, gray hairs have a tendency to shine. Well, our sins, not in a good sense, they shine before God. There's no way to hide them. Uh, Now, remember the background for this psalm. Moses wrote it. Many think that Numbers 20 is the background. At the very least, the whole 40-year wandering could be the context of it. So when we think about sins, we think about all kinds of bad stuff, you know, uh, stuff that probably we don't do. We might think about doing it. Uh, but we, we don't, we're not guilty of those things. So that's why we usually think, well, I'm not too bad. But what was Israel's sin that condemned them to 40 years wandering? Which of the Ten Commandments did they break? Well, technically, uh, I was going to say ningun. Uh, not a one. Not a one. Their sin was unbelief. They just didn't trust the Lord. Now, folks, that sin, we all fall under that one time or another, one area of our life or not. We fail to trust the Lord. It may be about finances. It may be about family. 
maybe about some particular need in our life, maybe about something in the future. Uh, but we're just as guilty as Israel is. And that, uh, that shines before God. Verse 11 says, Who considers the power of your anger and your wrath according to the fear of you? <clears throat> Do we understand really, I think he's saying, the degree of his anger over our sin? The Net Bible has, a, a, I think, the gist of the verse says, on uh, verse 11, Who can really fathom the intensity of your anger? Your raging fury causes people to fear you. So what he's saying is, life is short. And basically the, the reason life is cut short, 70 or 80, is because of our sin. Even, even those that of us, and I'm, I'm sure, or I suppose that all of us, uh, our dwelling place is the eternal God, as verse 1 says. He is our Lord. He is our Savior. But... Uh, if we disregard certain laws of life, uh, then our life will cut short. Uh, we went to Mexico in 1980, and in the 80s, decided uh, to build a tabernacle. And I'm not sure if any of y'all, well, yeah, some of you uh, may remember that. We decided that the cheapest way to cover the tabernacle would be to put palm leaf on it. So we... we cut otates, which are like bamboo, long bamboo, uh, haul those in, and then it turned uh, the lot to, to cut the palm. Well, <clears throat> it, it took a lot of palm leaf because it was a tabernacle almost the size of where the pews are. So uh, Pedro decided he would get some guys from Holol, which is this community right there close by. And so we loaded them up in the old blue pickup and took off over uh, about 15 miles. And all day long, they climb up these palm trees and cut down the palm leaf. But every time in the evening when I'd go pick them up, there was a distinct smell that they all shared. And it was because they carried these gourds. And in the gourd, they had moonshine whiskey. <laughs> And uh, they said, well, that's the way we can work in this hot sun all day long. And uh, so they drink it. They were all, I mean, they would go up those palm uh, trees barefooted with the machete stuck in their belt. And, and then come right back down, and, and they did this all day long. Average age, 28, uh, 32. There's about 10 of them. In 15 years, you know how many of those guys were alive still? Zero. Exactly. Zero. Because when they weren't working, they were drunk all the time. And with almost without exception, they all died of cirrhosis of the liver. Without exception. Okay. Life is short. Sometimes it's, it's short. Well, in the context of this, it's short because of our sin. So we come to verse 12. Therefore, therefore, uh, count your days. Number your days that we may get a heart of wisdom. We should pray like Moses. And you notice here at the beginning in, in the, uh, the first part of the, the psalm, it says a prayer of Moses. So if life is short because of our sin, what should we do? Well, we ought to pray. We ought to pray. And what should we pray? Well, Lord, teach me 
to number my days so that I might become wise. How many days do you have left? Well, okay. Everybody get a slip of paper? If you're, if you're a good student, you got a pen or pencil. And this is my example on the left side. I was born June 27th, 1953. Add 70 years to that. Now, some of y'all, you might ought to add 80. I'll not mention. But uh, for the exercise to work. So you, you, you add that. And then, when you come out for the, the year, mine is 2023. is June 27, 2023, if I did my calculations right, I'll turn 70. And from this day, and now this is where, if you want to, you don't have to. You can turn your phone on. And you can get the calculator out. If not afterwards, drinking a cup of coffee, you can do it. And you subtract. Actually, there's a website. It's how long ago go. Some of you will have that at the bottom. Others, the cutting machine cut it off www.howlongagogo.com you put in there the day and it will tell you how many days hours minutes and seconds you have left from here until when you turn 70 now that's a literal understanding of capture days what should it make us do it ought to make us think about our life or in other words the best way to count your days is to make every day count for the Lord. That's the best way to make your days count. So write that down and take that home, and you can paste that on your bathroom mirror or wherever you paste things. Put it on the, behind a magnet on your refrigerator so that when you reach in there for that Dr. Pepper, you might want to skip it. So now that you know, you need to ask yourself the question, what would the wise man do? If, if you're counting your days, if you think, I'm mortal, and one day... I'm going to die. And it may not be that I even reach 70. It may be I get cut short. Yesterday, coming over here, David and I ran up on an accident, a bad accident on the other side of Rockdale. And later found out that the drivers of both vehicles passed away. The wife that was passenger in one of the trucks, uh, she was sitting over unscathed. But both drivers probably had to be cut out. That's how bad it was. They had no idea when they got up yesterday morning that yesterday was their last day. Neither do we. Neither do we. So be wise. Count your days. Be ready. Uh, what can we do? Well, first, just like Moses done, we, we can pray especially what follows in verses 13 through 17. We can give thanks, number one, that if we are... A child of God, we can give thanks like it says in verse 1. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Now, this folks that are wandering around in the desert that don't have a dwelling place, and yet they do. So no matter what your circumstance, no matter what has happened in your life, if you're truly a child of God, no matter how much bad has transpired in your life, If he is truly your Lord and Savior, then you can say, Lord, thank you, because even though I may not have a home, I've got a home in you. I've got a home in you. Second thing, uh, ask for compassion. Notice what it says here in 
in verse 12, uh, 13. Return, O Lord, how long? How long are we going to suffer like this? Have pity. In the ESV it says, have pity on your servants. Have compassion, I think is how uh, Drew read it uh, there. When we ask for compassion in our prayer, what are we saying? Yeah, I'm a sinner. I'm guilty. There's, there's no getting around it. And if it weren't for your pity, your mercy, then there'd be no other way. Notice in verse 14, satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Focus on that steadfast love. Uh, and ask yourself, uh, kind of a John Piper type twist on it. Does your love satisfy me? Is that the desire of my heart? Is that the, the thing that really, I mean, is that better than a football game or the coming baseball season or uh, watching Hawks like I like to do? Things like, of that nature. Is that where our true joy comes from? Thirdly, recognize the work of our eternal God. His steadfast love was perfectly manifested where? On the cross of Jesus Christ. Uh, the truly wise person will not only trust the Lord, but he'll trust the Lord's plan for his life. Day by day. Like LifeWord says it. Day by day. Fourthly, if we do that, then that's smart living. That's smart living. And that we can, we can be assured whether we sweep the streets or we swap stocks for a living, whatever our day-to-day tasks are, we can be assured that if we have that attitude and that prayer of our heart, that God's favor will shine on our activities. And as it says here in the, in the last, it will, he will establish the work of our hands. Now, once again, let's go back to context. These folks are wandering around, doing the same old, same old every day for 40 years, just waiting to die, except for two. And yet Moses says here, Lord, nothing matters if your favor, if your delight does not shine on me and on our works. So whether we teach or whether we study or whether even whether if we retire, whatever we do, uh, let's be wise about it. Let's love the Lord and find true joy in him and desire. This is a prayer. It says, let the favor. He's expressing a desire that God's favor shine on his activities, on his work. Do we get up every morning and say, Lord, may your favor, may your delight shine on my studies, on the test I took in missions this morning? <laughs> On this, that, and the other. Uh, that, that would change our attitude a lot. Okay. And just for the student, how can you count your days? Not just to graduation, but to your parting for heaven. Well, desire more than everything God's favor on your life here at BMA Seminary and on your studies. Translated, that means do your best. But as you do your best... Do not invalidate what God's commandment and word is for you as a Christian. What am I talking about? A long time ago, when I was a student here, a lot of the people that were here with me, uh, since then, I'll, I'll just put it this way, since then, their life has not been 
the Christian life that God would want them to lead in their marriage, in their family. So don't be so focused on passing a test that you let family life and marital life suffer. Don't try to do good here. I don't think God's going to favor you. Yeah, study. That's not an excuse not to study. But uh, don't invalidate God's word by trying to do something else. Don't think so much about getting out of seminary as getting it, the subject. Uh, Learn. Take advantage. Oh, I can remember the day. Uh, And then use it for his glory, no matter where he puts you. Whether it's uh, a many-member congregation or a few-member congregation, uh, use it for his honor and glory. And if we fail like Israel, Moses, and several in Moses' family, well, put your hope in the eternal God, uh, our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who in verse 1 it says is our dwelling place, even, even when we wander. Have you ever wandered with an A? Not wonder, wander, wandered with an A. Have you failed to count your days? As a young person, do you feel like you're invincible? Uh, go to cemetery. You know, there's young people that are buried in cemeteries too. Uh, so be careful there. Get wise. Focus on his steadfast love. And in closing, let's see what Paul says about Psalm 90. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 and 16 is kind of Paul's, in a sense, summary perhaps of Psalm 19. He says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of time because the days are what? Evil. So count your days so that each day may count.